Happy Tuesday, everyone. I'm pretending to be way more awake than I am right now. I just got done doing a really big task that has everything to do with this week's hunt update. Um, you know that those of you that, well, we all had some kind of education at some point, right? I suppose if you're listening, maybe you're like homeschooled or something, maybe you didn't have this situation, but either in high school, you'd have like a big project coming up, you know, a term paper or something, or a speech you had to do the next day or a big science project or in college, you know, you got like final exams coming up or your final project that your whole semester you know, credits depend upon, and you uh, are like pulling an all-nighter. You're staying up late. You had some other stuff going on, and uh, you're just like trying to cram it all in. And the next day, you're going to be hurting because you didn't get enough sleep. Yeah, I am. I am walking that plank right now. I am. Uh, I'm going to be totally gassed tomorrow. And uh, I have a very physical job, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, this hunt update is a really exciting one. We're actually kind of skipping ahead in time. We were going to do uh, an episode, uh, just a wild, wild story. I mean, just just uh, a lot of crazy stuff that went on with it. Uh, we'll, we'll do that one next week. That's with uh, shared, a shared hunt update between me, Caleb, and Caleb's friend, Dylan. And uh, we will we'll put that one together for next week. But for this week, it happened, people. I finally got my first bow kill. First one ever. And it feels so good. So let me tell you all about it. But remember, this podcast is presented by Spartan Forge. And uh, Spartan Forge is played a big role in uh, this story that I'm about to tell you. Um, but we're also uh, sponsored by East West Hunts. You need a hunt plan put together. You need to go to East West Hunts. Alex will help you through the whole process from tag applications to gear rental, top to bottom service. Alex is there for you. Go to eastwesthunts.com. Tell them that this podcast sent you. Last week I said they'll save you 20%, but I was you know, sleep deprived then too. It's 10% off. If you tell Alex that you heard about him on the first gen hunter podcast. And then finally go to old barn taxidermy to get your trophy mounted the right way. Don't get regrettable taxidermy, get museum quality taxidermy, go to old barn taxidermy. You can find a link in the show notes here, but let's go back to our presenting sponsor, Spartan Forge. So this time of year, it is critically important to know your wind direction, right? You need to understand which way the wind's blowing, and this is why. Now, I think it's important all the time, but I think the reason for, for knowing it this time of year changes a little bit. It has a lot to do with my story, but we'll get there, okay? So it's, as we well know, this these last few days and really today, Tuesday, are kind of the, these four days have just been dynamite for hunting whitetails. I don't know if you guys noticed, but on social media, if you followed it at all, there's kind of a, a you know, a slow go through 95% of October, slower than normal. And I know, I know, 
people are probably like, yeah, I can't see. There is an October low. October is terrible. No, I still love October. I think October is still uh, my favorite month to hunt whitetails. But this year, it just was a lot of, you know, warm fronts moving in. We had some really hot weather a few times. Um, Had several days well into the 70s. Even last week before we had this real cold spell, we had two 70-degree days and uh, just kept deer activity kind of muted. Um, I will say this. Most times I went out, I did see deer, um, so that was great. But, um, you know, it just it, it was really dialed down. <clears throat> um, so going back two Sunday evenings ago, I had – it been all activity pretty much dried up here on the farm, the home farm. Uh, our crops came down very early, and uh, I was just getting kind of discouraged. Well, I I um, had a unique wind direction one night, and because it was going to be an evening hunt that I was going to get out for, I knew I needed to fe- I needed to feed. <laughs> I'm tired, people. I knew I needed to hunt somewhere between bed to food. Uh, I've just found that if you try and go in near bedding, I mean, there's some guys that can get away with it, I'm sure. Um, They're just more stealthy than me. I'm not really built for stealth, people. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I just can't really get that close to bedding in in the afternoon. So I set up on this transition area that was, you know, a good wind advantage for me. The wind was in my face. I figured deer would probably have to walk by this area. It was kind of near a historic scrape that I knew about. And uh, sure enough, it paid off. A little buck walked by. Um, Not real little, you know, I would say two and a half, maybe, maybe three and a half, but probably two and a half. But I mean, not like, you know, a two and a half year old buck in Iowa is still a pretty good sized buck. And I don't have a bow kill. So had he been in range, I'm pretty sure I would have I would have uh, unleashed an arrow on him uh, because uh, I want to uh, get that under my belt. Plus, my family eats the meat. We depend on getting that every year. And so I didn't want to be too choosy at this point, you know, into the 20-somethings of October. But he didn't come within range. And so um, I held off even though I had a wide open broadside shot, I, I just did, I've had enough negative experiences with, with screwing up the hit on, on an archery opportunity that I didn't want to go through that again. So I let him walk, but it was like very encouraging. And, um, I went out a few more times when I could and the weather got real warm and the deer activity got even worse. Uh, so then I was kind of like down in the dumps again. Well, everyone in the deer world had this huge optimism coming into these last four days. And if you're further east, your days are still, I think you probably still get Wednesday and maybe Thursday for it to be like really abnormally good. But uh, we saw these days come this massive cold front and that cold front came in even faster and harder than we thought. It basically went from 72, I think, a hit on Thursday to by, you know, Friday afternoon, it was like in the high 30s. And so massive cold front. 
and uh, everyone's excited about it, right? And rightfully so. You know, you get a cold front right during the you know week leading up to or the few days leading up to Halloween time frame when bucks really start moving around, checking scrapes, making scrapes, uh, maybe even a few hot does in the area. It's just like prime, right? And then you factor in this huge cold front. We all knew it was going to be good. So uh, problem for me is my wife works the weekends. So I was looking at this weekend like, oh man, I don't know if I'm going to get to go out. I tried all kinds of babysitting because my grandparents have been watching the kids for us a lot lately because harvest season, I had to work Saturdays a few times and, and, um, my wife had a, a class she had to do for work one day while I was at work. So we need my grandparents to watch the kids. We don't want to overwhelm them. Right. Well, it was just like too good. And I literally asked like five other people, maybe six, if they could watch my kids for just one evening during that weekend. And my grandparents were very kind. They were happy to watch them. And I ordered them pizza and everything, you know, had it delivered to their house. All the kids were there. It was, it was good. Well, it was really good to be out in the deer woods. And I almost got a shot at a nice buck, really nice buck. Um, and uh, just, again, he wasn't in my comfortable range. He was at 36 yards, and I don't – I'm committed to not – not going beyond 30 unless it's like maybe 31 or 32 something like that but he was at 36 and he was in a position <clears throat> that just did not he was he was kind of quartering towards me didn't really give me a a great shot window um, but we'll talk about that here in a, in a minute um and so it was it was really cool though to have that opportunity again very encouraging and not only that, but I saw a whole lot of other deer. You know, bucks were just, you know, way out in the distance and and even, uh, you know, relatively close by. All this activity was going on, right? <clears throat> so super encouraging, exactly what we're looking for. Sorry, I'm trying to stifle a yawn here. I'm very tired. <laughs> um, uh, tried, you know, just, just been trying so hard to make something happen this archery season. Now it's like finally all these deer moved um shuffled around again since the crops came down it's what everyone's looking for right and uh so i just walk away very encouraged that night excited you know telling close friends about it that care was exciting to tell my grandparents about right and i uh, just felt really good well there was this chance so this would have been saturday evening there was a chance that my wife was going to be put on call for work um, Sunday night if it was uh, slow enough. And uh, she's a nurse, and so if the, if the hospital is, you know, kind of low census or something like that, then they'll uh, put, you know, everyone gets their turn to be on call, basically, and it was her turn. Sure enough, Sunday night, she gets the call. Hey, you're on call don't have to come in unless we call you in and and if she gets called in she's got an hour to get there so it's like you know what i'm just gonna hunt she was good with it so i went out and uh you know the the night before when i had almost gotten my shot i had actually started and i was ground hunting because i was trying to play the wind right <clears throat> oh this is when we should talk about our big wind thing so uh by playing the wind right 
earlier in October, you, you know, our, our good buddy, Noel, who we're going to have on very soon. Cause Noel just killed a whopper, just another beautiful buck. That guy is like, like in the business of killing booners, man. He is, he is just whacking these, these awesome bucks. Uh, he's got three Boone and Crockett, uh, bucks in the last two seasons. Yeah. Sorry, there was that yawn that I was trying to stifle. It's 12.19 in the morning, people. I'm so tired. But anyways, uh, so um, the the when the wind is your friend in early October, I have found that to mean you're just wanting to make sure you aren't getting busted. That's like the primary goal of the wind. You want to try and be in a position where the wind, you can be in a, in a spot where you can intercept a deer, you know, pattern of movement um, without the wind blowing your scent stream to that deer. But as we get closer to the rut, bucks especially start becoming less cautious. Um, does, they're pretty much the same unless they're in heat, then they can get kind of crazy. But bucks, they start to, like, you can just see their thought processing is just kind of like more, you know, just really <laughs> kind of dumb. <laughs> you know, they're apt to making a dumb mistake. And um, I could definitely see that. Like, I, I, you know, that night when all those deer were running around, they were just like a different animal than when I had seen them, you know, six days before that Sunday night when I saw that lone buck walk by that I almost got a shot on. Um, <clears throat> the, there's just a shift in their mentality. And now they aren't just using the wind to detect danger like they would be when it's not anywhere near the rut. They're now using it to locate information about the deer in their area, right? They're, they're finding scrapes and visiting those scrapes. The wind helps direct them to that. Um, they're, you know, you know, I really think they're also keeping their nose to the wind for any chance of a, a hot doe and a doe and estrus ready to breed that might be in the area, an early one. And so they're, they're not just prioritizing staying safe. And that is a huge, huge advantage because I have found, and people are going to say, nope, you're wrong, Kent, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Okay, that's fine. You probably have more experience than me, so you, you, I'm sure, are justified in your opinion. However, in my limited experience, I have found that you can get away with having not the perfect wind. And uh, you can even be upwind of deer at times. And again, you guys know that I try to stay scent-free. I use nose jammer as a cover scent, and I found found that to be quite helpful. So, like, I, I do some of those things, but it's like the deer are going to be downwind of good habitat. And sometimes that means that you don't really have many options for how to, like, hunt where they're at without giving in on the wind side of things. And one of the ways that you can help with that is hunting on the ground. When you're in a tree stand, unless they come by really close to you and your wind just blows over the top of their head, you're probably going to get winded, you know, very easily when you're in a tree. 
But when you're down on the ground, it's a little bit different story. And so I was hunting the ground. Plus, I just didn't have, I don't have any tree stands set up in this area. And I didn't really have time to do a hanging hunt. And so back to my roots on the ground. And uh, that's what I did. But the problem with hunting on the ground is you got to have clear shooting lanes. And so you can find like a great little patch of cover. But you, once you get in there, you're like, where on earth am I going to shoot an arrow that's not going to hit a stick or a blade of grass or something else? And uh, so because of that, I moved from a good spot. I used Spartan Forge to play the wind direction right. Um, got into a good spot that I had identified when I saw that lone buck walk by the, the Sunday prior and, and I got in there and I'm like, yeah, this does seem pretty good, but there's a lot of stuff in the way for my arrow to get a clean fly through here. So I moved and the spot that I moved to was kind of terrible. It was loud. It was like the, the crunchiest like reeds, dried out reeds. I think they were cow parsnips, um, that, that just crack and creak when you just think about moving on one. And, uh, so I, I made a bad decision by moving there. I did it so that I would have, um, uh, a more open area to shoot. Well, I learned my lesson. I didn't get my shot off. That was on Saturday night. And so I thought, you know, if I brought some little hand shears, like some little handheld pruning shears in here, I bet I could cut out a nice shooting lane back at this original spot where I started out on the ground. And so sure enough, I oh, and I, I gave uh, Garrett Fike uh, a call. Garrett shot an awesome buck already this year, and he's got a doe tagged. And uh, ran my plan by him. I was like, yep, I think that's good. I'm back you know, upwind of these deer again, but I figure, you know what, I could get a split second chance before they walk into my scent stream or I could get a shot off. So I get in there, I crawl to my little spot and, um, I instantly get to work with the hand shears. I start, I, I'm crawling around on my hands and knees under this little mulberry tree and out towards the field edge and I'm cutting this like V shape almost or, or U shape opening that allows me to get an arrow off cleanly. And already it's like a million times better as I'm doing this. Well, as I'm on my hands and knees on the field edge, like in the most visible spot that I could be, I just get this feeling like something's looking at me. And so I <laughs> turn and look and sure enough, here's two does and they're spotted me. And they're just staring at me. I don't know what I am, especially since I'm on all fours, but they definitely aren't comfortable. So I slowly crawl back into my little spot by this mulberry tree and back through my shooting lane. Sorry, suppressing another yawn. It's 1226 now. Um, and uh, I give a couple hits on the grunt tube. And what's crazy is this is a little pro tip for you. So you got the hand shear tip, you got the Spartan Forge wind direction tip. Now you get the grunt tube tip, and maybe you've already done this before, but that put those deer at ease. Like instantly they start feeding again. Like, oh, it must just be a buck. But they still were curious. Deer are very curious. 
And so they continue to kind of graze, you know, browse, I guess is a better term, browse towards me. And the, the lead doe, who I think was, I think it was a mom and her, and her uh, failure to launch yearling or, yeah, one and a half year old from the year before, um, they, they were walking along and mom is just like, you know what? I'm still, I'm still a little suspicious about that over there. What, what did we see there crawling around on the ground? And so she like gets herself in a position where she can, she can uh, get a good whiff of where I'm at. Of course, sure enough. Um, she like catches some scent off of me and, uh, she eventually starts blowing charges out of there and it's like, well, there goes that opportunity, but I was still optimistic because you know, it's, that's the money time of year. There's going to be more deer moving through. So I sit there for a little bit and sure enough, I hear, hear a sound close by and I'm like, man, I think there might be a deer there. And I look up and sure enough, coming from the opposite direction are two more deer. And I don't think it was the same ones because one of one of the deer this time had a small rack of antlers, and um, I'm I'm ninety five percent sure that the two deer that spooked earlier um, were both uh, does. So I have this doe that's that's being followed by this little buck, which was interesting because I don't think she was in heat. Maybe she was getting close or something, and he was sticking by her. I'm not sure. But she walks out, and she's already getting close to my shooting window. No idea that I'm there. And so I go ahead and draw. And um, I, then I start to think, like, oh, no, she's kind of stopping. I'm going to have to let down here, and that's not good when you're hunting from the ground because that's a big movement that they could see. But... I was able to stay steady for maybe 30, 40 seconds, and she finally moved into my shooting lane. I, I had already pre-ranged the distance that she was at. It was right about 25 yards. So I put my uh, 20 and 30 pin uh, right on her vitals, but not how you would think. And uh, I took a quartering two shot i had just told garrett fike 90 minutes earlier on a phone call oh man i would not take a a quartering two frontal shot on a deer it's just too risky unless i was using like some big old fixed blade head but for some reason my brain told me dude that is a lethal shot right there. You got this window right now. She's about ready to step right into your scent stream. It's going to be over. You got her in easy bow range here, well within your, your comfort zone. You need to take this shot. And so I aimed right in front of her near side front shoulder, kind of near the brisket area. Um, and, uh, I guess it would be like the front edge of her armpit. And, uh, I settled, I had dialed down my adrenaline dump and my, my buck fever. I was pretty rock steady 
and I touched off the arrow. And I watched that thing fly right into the chest of that deer and stick out the opposite side. And it's like I just knew when I saw her running with that with that arrow hanging out of the side of her, I just knew it was a good hit. Like like I knew it was it was what I'd hoped for, prayed for, dreamed about, kicked myself for not having in the past type of shot. And it felt so good. And she took off running and within 50 yards and probably about 20 seconds time, she was on the ground thrashing. And I just couldn't believe that I got my first bow kill. Finally, I've been so close so many seasons. Unfortunately, I've wounded a lot of deer in the process, but I finally got a perfect clean heart shot. So it went in like right in front of that near side shoulder and came out the opposite armpit, went right through the heart. And I got to say, those sever 1.5s are devastating, devastating heads um, when you hit them in the right spot like that. I'll uh, post on my Instagram uh, some some of the pictures of the opening. I'll probably get blocked or whatever by Instagram for being kind of gory. Maybe if I do it in black and white, maybe it won't be so obvious. Anyways, um, got the got just that perfect heart shot, and um, it all it all just kind of came together. All this practice for all this time, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have continued to believe in me through the process, and uh, I'm just so thankful for them. Thank for their friendship, their guidance their words of advice through the years. And uh, I want to thank Garrett Fike for taking a phone call yesterday afternoon to kind of go through the, the plan with me. Man, it all just went just awesome. And so got my first uh, first bow kill, bow harvest, however you want to say it, and uh, got a bunch of meat for the family for the years, so that pressure is uh, much less now. I, I still plan to do quite a bit of hunting this fall. Um, got our mule deer trip with Caleb coming up. Got um, some more. I still have a still have a uh, buck tag, archery buck tag. Sorry, guys. I had to get one more yawn in for you. Oh, I'm so tired. It's 12.33 now. And uh, I still got uh, a, a gun tag or a muzzleloader tag that I'll get here in Iowa as well. <clears throat> so I still technically have three buck tags left to, to fill this year, and I'm going to try my best to fill all three of them. I don't know that I will, but uh, I hope I do. And I got some good hunting still ahead. We're just now getting into November. And hey, if you're in the spot that I've been in so many times where you feel almost a little bit on the outside looking in because you can't get it done with your bow yet, hey, I've been there, man, or whoever you are. <laughs> I've been there. It is tough. And uh, But if you commit yourself to being tougher and your will to being tougher and your dedication to just trying to make it happen, Something will shake loose for you eventually. 
And uh, that's what it's all about, being a first-gen hunter or even a long-time hunter, and you're trying something new. you got to keep pushing, keep pushing, and eventually, just like it did for me, something will, will fall into place in your favor. And uh, I can't wait to hear about it when it does. Well, thank you so much, guys. Oh, the reason I'm up so late, I just got done butchering that deer. I, sh- I should probably say that. I'm not just, like, wasting my time. Um, I just got done butchering the deer. I do want to add into it, too. A really cool part of the story was just how I, uh, my wife ended up getting called in right when my grandpa showed up with a pickup to help haul the deer back uh, to the to the house. And uh, so... Now I had to, uh, you know, parent while I got this fresh deer that needs to be field, well, gutted, not, not in the field anymore. We tagged it and brought it home. And so, uh, I needed to gut this deer, needed to get it hanging to cool off. Uh, Another nice advantage to this cool spell that we just got of weather. Um, and so I had my six year old son take my uh, grip and grin photos for me. And uh, he helped me with uh, the the loading um, and the the gutting and you know putting those first early cuts of meat into bags and stuff. And he just loved it. He told me later it was his favorite night. Which you know, if I gave him enough uh, uh, new toy tractors or something, that would probably become his favorite night. But he still had a great time. And both my daughters love seeing the deer. It was really cool seeing my youngest. She, her eyes, you could just tell when she saw that deer in the back of the truck. She wasn't sure at first what she was looking at. And then I'm like, hey, that's a deer. And the light bulb went on. She got her eyes just like glowed. And she got this huge smile. And she started talking, oh, a deer, a deer. You shoot it? And, and all that. And uh, she was just like, I could tell she was very proud of me. And, uh she like hugged me and hugged me for like 15 minutes after that. Like, like, uh, she was all excited and then, and then just like happy for me, which was really, really cool. And a great reminder. If you got kids of your own grandkids, nieces, nephews, maybe, um, someone else that you have the privilege to mentor through hunting, some way you can include them in on the hunting experience. It just pays off so much. So, I'm incredibly thankful for this opportunity. I need to go to bed. You need to get going back to work. And uh, we're going to have a great episode coming up on some in-season scouting. Ooh, we all could use some of that right now, I bet, with Johnny Stewart. That's coming up on uh, Friday, so you can look forward to that episode. Uh, but for now, thanks so much for tuning in to Pickin' Bones. Remember, the podcast is presented by Spartan Forge. Go get your own subscription, and you Uh, can use it just like I do, just like Caleb does, just like Alex does. Such an awesome tool. But thank you again, everyone, for tuning in each and every week. Until next time, take care and take someone hunting.